Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey everybody, Scott here. This is The Diary, and it's been a little bit of time. I feel like I say that every time I do a diary episode, so apologies for saying that every time. I should just have a new episode and just who needs to mention anything about it. But look, it's been a bit. It's uh, I got reasons. There have been reasons. Most of them have been just because I'm busy and I got a million projects, and the diary always seems to take a little bit of a backseat when I do that. <sighs> but I wanted to get one in. Something came up on the morning stream today that I wanted to expand upon as I try to explore it myself and understand why I do a thing I do. Talk this morning about how I don't like things within the hype bubble that they release in. And this can be movies, this can be music, television, video games. I'm not a... Sometimes I'll buy the thing, especially in the game situation, I'll give you an example. I talked about this on TMS, but the one example that I'm playing right now that I didn't think I would, uh, or no, I knew I would. I just didn't do it during the hype bubble. Anyway, that was uh, Marvel Midnight Suns, the the Marvel game made by the Firaxis people who make uh, XCOM and all of that turn-based strategy battler thing. Amazing game. Hold on. My wife's calling me. What does she need? We're going live to hard drive here. Yes, ma'am. Hey, that package you just got from Seaburger is the last name. What was his first name? His first name is Mike. Two Mikes in a row. Yep. Mike Seaburger? Yep. Seaburger run. Run, Seaburger run. Do you get it? Got it. Bye. All right. We're doing Christmas cards and stuff. Anyway, um... Where was I? Oh, the hype window. So that thing comes out. Everybody I talk to, including my co-hosts on Core, are loving it. It's all they want to talk about. A whole bunch of people on the Discord are like, man, one of the best games of the year. Don't miss this. The more hype there is around a product like that, the less I'm inclined to play it right away. Doesn't mean I don't want to play it eventually or that I won't play it eventually. Just means during that little bubble period where the hype is at an all-time crescendo, I tend to avoid those things. And I'm starting to understand a little bit why, because if I think about it, when I do grab something when it's brand new and play it or watch it or read it or whatever, and it's one of these hype hyped up things, 
I find that I don't enjoy it for what it is. Instead, I, I see everything through a filter of, of popularity and how much I'm supposed to enjoy it versus how much maybe I am enjoying it. And I think I may be artificially not enjoying it as much as I could, not because it isn't worthy of my enjoyment, but because the hype bubble annoys me or distracts me. And I think a lot about what people say during that, that time. I did this with Elden Ring. Elden Ring comes out. I got it right away. I played a bunch early, but kind of fell off. Everybody else played it to completion and did two or three runs and claimed it to be the greatest game of the year in 2022, was it? Or was it 2021? Whatever it was. And uh, there's a very good chance that Elden Ring gets a revisit for me sometime soon. And I play it for the first time without the hype bubble and that I really enjoy it. And it won't be me going, oh, I see what everybody was saying. It isn't like that. I already know it's great. I know it's it, it deserves the position of greatest game of that year. I, I don't have any doubt about that. But something about watching it, playing it, or reading it, whatever it may be, during the time that the hype, hype is at an all-time high, just makes me want to avoid it. And I can't enjoy it as much as I want to. And the, I, the, the, my world is littered with games that I start during launch window and then come back to way later to play. Um, I did this with all three of the Batman Arkham games. And in all three cases, was like, bleh, early on, and then later loved them. And I think I know the answer. I think it's just that I am averse to going down the popular road. And I don't know if this is good or bad or if this holds me back in some ways. And if any of you have felt this at all, um, someone in our chat said it was like hipsterism, but I don't think that's it. Hipsterism is like, no, I knew about Elden Ring before anyone else did. That's a different definition. This is more like, and by the way, this is not to poo poo on anybody's good time on day one where they played it for 12 hours straight. I'm not, that is not a problem. But for me, uh, I just need some space between the freak out. It's the freak out that, that it's everybody talking about it and all the opinions swirling around. And you could say, well, Scott, maybe you maybe you're reading too many opinions or watching too many opinions. That's entirely possible. And I could probably curb this just simply by, you know, turning off that intake for things I'm looking forward to or whatever. But with very few, uh, with very few exceptions, I just don't like it. I don't like, I don't like mainstream. That makes any sense. I was like, this as a kid and as as a teenager, for sure. Um, More common than right. Kids are always, uh, you know, rebelling against whatever the status quo is or whatever the, you know, the general thinking is whether it's their parents or other adults or even each other, you know, you're always driving for uniqueness. You're always driving for something new. And when everyone's talking about a thing, even when it is technically new, it starts to feel like it's worn out already. I'm tired of it. It's like, I don't want to hear about it anymore. Even if it's all I hear is positive. In fact, it's almost worse if all I hear is positive things about a thing. I'd almost rather mix it up some with some negativity just so I can I can approach it in a more realistic way. It's hard to explain, but 
the end result is always the same. I often like the thing later. That's happening now with Midnight Suns, almost a year after release. Well, not quite. I think it was February or maybe March. Uh, when everybody is completely out of their mind, hyped about World of Warcraft Classic, it's the last thing I want to play. Weird, right? I don't have FOMO. This is this maybe is the best way to describe this. I am FOMO-less, FOMO-free, free of FOMO for a lack of saying it in any other, other way. I don't know how else to say it. When other people see stuff going on, they're like, oh, I wish I was there. Ooh, I wish I could do that. Oh, I wish I had that thing. I don't do that. The minutes that starts happening, I start going, yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. Weird, right? Kind of road less traveled, but not in any kind of highfalutin way. I don't mean that in some, some sort of braggy way because I don't think my path's any better than anyone else's. But I do, I do tend to go, I mean, let's use traffic as an example. You're out in the freeway. Things are nuts. I am so much more likely to go pull off here, find that side road that no one knows about. Let's go that way. Whereas most people, not maybe not most, but many people are like, eh, that's fine. What's an extra half hour? I'll just sit here, listen to music or whatever. It's like that. Uh, when I even do this professionally, like there came a time there where early on anyway, I was a big proponent of Adobe and Adobe products. And I learned everything real fast and was real good for many, many years, a couple of decades worth of training, Photoshop, um, audition. What's the other one? Um, Carter, what's the, what's the film editing software that Adobe makes? Can't think of it all of a sudden. Premiere, geez. But then I got in this mood where I realized everybody's using that stuff. Which you'd think, oh, well, that's that's why it's an industry standard. That's why everybody's super, super into it and uses it all the time. So therefore, it's the winner. It's the one everyone uses or whatever. I made it a weird internal mission to move to something else. And I ended up... <laughs> I ended up moving away from their graphic stuff like uh, Illustrator and Photoshop to Affinity Photo 2 and uh, Affinity Designer 2. And I use their publisher app instead of InDesign, uh, same company. Um, I moved from all audio production on Audition to a combination of things that Rogue Amoeba makes like uh, Audio Hijack, Farago, Fission. These kind of buy them once and use them for everything. It's definitely all great. They're all working great for me. No issues. Oh, and I use, instead of Premiere now, I use uh, DaVinci Resolve. And I like all of these products better, partly because I feel like I'm bucking the trend. And I think that sums it up. Because there's no, there's no real reason for me to do that. I mean, there is the, you know, I don't, I hate that everything's a subscription today and I don't love subscribing to creative cloud. And that was part of my motivation. It's also expensive for what you're, what you might need it for, for a lot of people. I mean, it was fine for me and I could justify it, but I just was like, you know what? How about some of these really cool apps? No one talks about that are awesome and super capable and in a lot of ways, very similar, but I only have to pay for them once. And then when there's a big update, I pay for it again. And it's, and they, you know, it's inexpensive and, 
It's not a subscription. Like I was really, really on a tear there for that. And I'm, and I did it. I completely am. I'm off the Adobe teat as a result. Now, not everybody can do this, right? I'm an independent creator producer. I don't, I don't need to be in an organization where somebody at the top said, okay, this entire department's using Photoshop. That's what we do. That's who we are. It isn't like, you know, I don't live that life. So maybe that's why I don't live that life. See, now you can get right down to it. I I was never comfortable in a corporate job. I was never comfortable in an office job. I was never going to be long-term happy there. Partly because it is the mainstream thing to do. And I didn't want to do that. And that's given me all kinds of other precarious issues of, you know, paychecks aren't necessarily regular in my life. Insurance costs really suck when you're an independent. There's a whole bunch of reasons why that can make your life difficult, but they were worth it to me because again, it's not going down the same road. Everybody else is going down. It's weird. I don't even think it's rebellious. It's just something I've never been able to shake. And it was true growing up. It's true with, um, I think part of my aversion to AI and image generation is less about being an artist and trying to, you know, justify this world where, so much of AI art is generated by, um, or not generated, but trained on existing artists and them not getting credit. I don't like that at all. But if I'm, if I'm being completely honest, my biggest problem is that I don't like the hype around it. I don't like people that act, you know, people dismiss them and call them AI bros, but that kind of like evangelical, uh, you know, AI is the next, all of life will change the singularities here. Let's go. You know, that kind of thinking I can't do it. I hate it. It's the same reason, you know, I'd like to say that some of the dumb stuff Elon Musk says and does are the reasons why I will never get a Tesla. But the real reason, if I'm honest, is it's too much of the mainstream pick right now for electric cars. I would rather get a Nissan Leaf or something Volkswagen makes or underdog it a little bit. I guess the reason I'm talking about it here today is I'd love to get your take, your feedback, your thoughts. Are you like this? Do you think like me? Am I alone? Is it weird? Does it hold me back? I mean, it's a little late. I'm kind of set in my way, so I'm not about to change really, but there are very few things. See, even I I said this on the show, uh, I'll repeat it. My love of Mad Max Fury Road is more about the the rebellion it represents against mainstream cinema. So even though it was a massive hit and almost won an Oscar for Best Picture and got the most nominations the year it was nominated and all these things, you're all like great justifications for why I love it so much. Part of me is really happy it lost because then I can go on saying, well, it should have won. Because I really do believe it should have won, but I'm kind of glad it didn't. I think that's a good illustration of what I'm talking about. And me being overly excited about the sequel, or prequel in this case, is mostly about, again, subverting expectations for what is normal in a movie theater these days. This isn't just another Marvel movie. This isn't, you know... Oscar bait end of the year stuff. This is, you know, this is a very specific, very rebellious 
subgenre by a by a director known for his rebellion. And I like that stuff, which is weird because my life is not all that rebellious. Not really. But I can tell you other people in my age group who are so freaking serious now and so like, you know, everything's got to be by the book and just like that kind of, they resolve to be, to be getting older and just, that's just the way it is. And they've forgotten how, how to be a kid kind of life. That'll never be me for good or for ill. I'll probably be crazy. I'll be 90 in a deathbed saying the stupidest things, embarrassing my kids, but I don't care. And I think they have a bit of that too built into them. Whether it's for me or they just have it, I don't know. I'm not even prescribing this. I'm not even saying anyone else should think this way, but I am, I am finally in my life, uh, examining it because I've never really thought about it until recently. You know, the big meme around here is that Scott will never, seems like Scott will never get around to seeing Parasite. And I, I have no doubt that I will. But the more people tell me I should, the less I'm inclined to do it. <laughs> I'll see Parasite when everyone shuts up about it. Weird, right? I played Midnight Suns when everyone shut up about it. I'm playing Guild Wars 2. Oh, I didn't finish that thought earlier. When everyone else is playing World of Warcraft Clash, World of Warcraft Classic and losing their minds over it, I'm playing Guild Wars 2 because I don't want to be in the bubble. And when nobody was everybody was down talking wow, I was resubbed and having a great time. Isn't that weird? That's a little weird. Anyway, Love to hear what you think. So send me an email, scott at frogpants.com, or you can text me 801-471-0462. I'd love to know uh, your take. You can leave a voicemail there as well. That, that number works for those, as many of you are aware. Anyway, that's going to do it. Carter, since you got to hear, hear a bunch of this, do you have anything to add? Anything. Do you do you think it's uh, weird that I um, I don't get FOMO, for example? You don't get it either, though. You're just like me in that way. How does it feel to be cursed to be me? <laughs> Have you ever thought of it that way? <laughs> well, here we go merrily down the road. All right, that's it. Thank you all for listening. I'll be back for more soon. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.